The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Genesis. Okay? No controversy there, right? Genesis. Okay. Anyway, but before we begin to unpack New Song Answers, I think it is important for us to establish a foundation from which things are built. Because if you understand the foundation of which things are built, you kind of have an idea where the building is going to go up or how it is going to look. The foundation of everything that is done here at New Song is based out of the Word of God. So it is from there that we glean and we get principles, and from those principles we begin to build. And this is important, that as you see the success of this house, if you started us six years ago and how we look today is different than it was six years ago. We have grown and there is a growing that is happening, but this is not just because it is actually based off of principle that comes from God's word. And what's good about that for you is that you can then follow or emulate the same principles for your own personal growth. So it is important for us to establish this foundation. So I want to take you back to Genesis as we unpack New Song Answers. In Genesis chapter 2, it begins off with the summation of creation and how God had created the heavens and the earth. But in that same chapter, we begin to see God's interaction with the man he had created, Adam. And in this interaction, he begins off by making sure that there is a garden there. And when the garden exists, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, God says that he had created man and he was created him to tend the garden. So the Bible says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. So before anything is established, before anything is happening here, the mandate is a work. He is given a responsibility. And what's key here for us to understand is part of who we are is made up of what we are called to do. So part of who we are is made up of what we are called to do. God did not create us as dolls so that we exist and he can look at us and smile that he created us. But he created us to exist to do a thing. So inside each and every single person is a work that has to be made manifest. Is a work that God has called you to. A call that exists on the inside of you. In that same chapter, God did not instruct Adam to name particular names to the animals. The Bible says he brought the animals to Adam and Adam named them and God was actually waiting to see what he would name the animals. Those names were inside of Adam when he was created and there is something inside of you. Pastor Josh Uh, When he's preaching through the James series, he led us to Ephesians chapter 2 and 10, that we are God's workmanship together with him, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So we're actually created to do good works. So if you're seeking for the reason why you are here, the reason why you are created, it is to do good works. And those good works that are inside of you are intertwined with who you are. So it doesn't matter what happens in life, you don't change who you are, who God created you to be. You can run away from it, you can manipulate it, but that gift, that call that is inside of you never changes because it makes up who you are. That is why Romans 11 
And verse 29 says, the gift and the call of God is without repentance or it's irrevocable. That means God never takes it away because if he was to take it away, he's changing who he originally made you to be. So you have a work, you have an anointing, you have a calling that is on the inside of you that God wants to do. And then it becomes important for us to understand that there is a difference between work and a job. There's a difference between work and a job. Work it is attached to the God-given gift that is on the inside of us. That's what work is. Job, it's a task that you do and you're often paid for that task. So here's the key. You can lose your job, but you can never lose your work. So if you find your identity in your job, your nine to five, you're missing out on who you are. Now your job could be part of your work, but your work is never taken away from you. Nobody is in charge of what your work is, but the God inside of you. So you are called and you are set apart to do a great work. And when we understand this, we see that part of our worship to God is actually doing the good works. So I want you to say after me, I am created to do good works. And we see that scripture specifically speaks to who it is that is set apart. And so for that, we are going to start in the book of Ephesians. Now, it's important to know who was Ephesians written to when we read and study scripture, what was this intended for? What was the intended audience? Ephesians was written to the Gentiles, and whether they were just the Gentiles in Ephesus or it was meant to be more widely circulated is debatable, but it doesn't really matter because we can see that they were other believers just like us, and this was something that was meant to equip them. So we're going to go to Ephesians 4 verse 1 that says, therefore, and therefore is an important term, we're going to come back to it because it means it's built on something. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to live a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So the calling is for us, and it comes from God. The word for calling here is kalesis, and it speaks to the divine invitation to embrace salvation in the kingdom of God. And it goes beyond just that to the idea that there's blessings that are attached to the call and that you are named as one who is appointed to walk in the way of salvation, to enjoy the benefits, and to practice, participate in what it means to be saved. Then we see a life worthy of the calling, which is important to talk about here. So the word worthy is axios, and it has a concept of having worth that matches the value. So if over here we have salvation, and we understand this is what God has called us to, that he has set us apart, that he has called us unto salvation, then what is our response? And our response is supposed to live a life worthy of the calling, matching in understanding the magnitude of what we've been called to, and living in a way that actively recognizes that. It's the concept of a weight to wait life, where the substance and significant of the gifts that we've been given is matched by a kind of all-in living saying, I recognize what this is, and the way I live my everyday life is in accordance to that, where my walk reflects the Christ in me. So what this word was used in ancient times is somewhat of a scale, where you may even have someone's work that's on one side of the scale, and what was on the other side was the according pay that they would get to say that this 
work requires this type of payment. Now, we know that we are not saved by work. Scripture is clear about that. But we do realize that we shouldn't have fluff living or immature living because that is out of balance. That is not weight-to-weight kind of living. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, For God has saved us and called us to live a holy life. Who we are becoming and what we are doing revolves around who he says we are and what he has set us apart to be. What he has saved us from actively has to be a part of how we walk out our everyday life. Hebrews 3, 1 says, therefore, holy brother and sisters who share in this heavenly calling, we all share in it together, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. So we see even within this calling that we share with other believers, we follow after Jesus to live it out. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says, each of you should use whatever gift, Tondra, I just talked about the gift, whatever gift you have received to serve others. That's the purpose of that gift, is to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised. That's the purpose of it, that God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So salvation and its benefits and walking in them, that is our calling and all of us sharing it together. So remember, we're not saved by works like we said But it's important to note that we've been walking through James, and James 2.17 says, faith without works is dead, and we don't want to live in dead faith. So if this is our calling, how do we step into it, how do we live in it, and how do we respond to it? Okay, so I was telling the other services, I think better when I stand, because my brain's kind of on top of my head. Okay, so here's, here's the response. The response is to love one another, Okay. In John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Okay? So it's a new what? A new what? A new? Okay, we we need to wake up. Come with me on this journey. Don't, Don't leave me on my own. Okay. A new what? A new what? Okay, so it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. It's it's not a good idea. It's a commandment. Which means that when we don't follow the commandment, we're actually in sin. Because the commandment then tells us that we are to love one another. And when we love one another well, then we are able to take this and take it to the communities around us. Take it to the ends of the world. If we fail ourselves here, we will fail everywhere else. And God has set us up to love one another. And the way to look at it is the Bible says, how can you say you love God whom you cannot see and yet hate your brother whom you see? How can we effectively minister to the other ends of the world? earth if we cannot effectively minister one to another and so because of that one of the first things that the new song answers is new song cares because we're going to show that we love one another and that we are a family together to show that we are going to be there one for another so we want to know what's going on so if you're having an anniversary and you're celebrating your anniversary you're celebrating the birth of a new child we want to be there 
to walk alongside you and celebrate that. And, 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 and subsequently, if you're going through something difficult, you're going to, through death or your hospitalization, we want to know so that you know that your family is there for you. Far be it from us that one of us is going through something and we could have done something and we didn't. Because in that, we fail to show that love one for another. And so that's why new song, uh, Cares Exists. So right now, if you're going through something, okay, and going through something, not necessarily negative thing, even something awesome, you're about to get married, you're about to start a new chapter in your life, and you just need some pastoral guidance on that. We have that available to our members. That's what Planted is all about, to become a part of our story. And when you do that, you're a part of our family. So you can go to newsongpeople.com forward slash cares and there are forms there that you can fill out to tell us what's going on so that we know how best to support and how best to be there for you because if we learn to love one another it will become easier to love the rest of the world okay so here's another thing that we're doing so when you go outside into the lobby okay and you go to the new song cares table you're able to sign up and you can win or drawn for coffee yeah if you know anything about new song and coffee we're friends except with pastor josh he doesn't we don't we, we, we try and we're working on him but <laughs> he doesn't like coffee but you can put your name down and then we're gonna you're gonna be able to get a chance to get coffee and if you're like pastor josh you don't like it i'm your guy you know just, just get it draw it hook me up and say hey pastor tondra here you go i got this for you and i will be like thank you jesus okay so so go ahead and put your name down but the other thing that I want us to understand here is one of the things that Pastor Josh said when I first walked through the doors of New Song. He said, I realize that I have it good, but not everybody else has it as good as I have. And we have it good. And it's, 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 it's such a, a, an awesome perspective because it becomes dangerous to translate everybody's life through the lens of what's going on in my own Because then I think everybody's doing great because I'm doing great. Or everybody's not doing great because I'm not doing great. But the truth of the matter is we're all in different places. So because it's the holidays, we're going to be giving away some um, gift cards that will allow you to be able to purchase some Thanksgiving meals for yourself. So if you're not able to get your meals together for whatever reason, this is not a a handout, it's a hand up. Okay, so we want to help you out. Go ahead and put your name down, and we'll be able to help you with a Thanksgiving meal. And as you're thinking through this, you're thinking, man, I got my turkey down, I got everything, I don't need nothing. Well, what about your neighbor? So you might as well put your name down and say, hey, I'm going to gift this to that girl at the office that probably doesn't have, or this guy who doesn't have, and you're able to actually extend this. And in the same vein, you can also get something that will help you to buy toys for Christmas. I was telling the other services where I come from, Christmas was when you got new clothes. So you didn't get a present under the tree, you got new clothes. And then on Christmas Day, you would wear it. Because it's Jesus' birthday. So the sun is hot as heck and you're wearing your jacket and your tie. And you're just walking around the streets looking brand new in your new clothes. But here, we put gifts under the tree. Okay? And then you get to open them. So we're going to be able to provide some families with the ability to get those gifts. So if you need some help to get some gifts going, go ahead and put your name down. That is one of the ways we're going to do is to love one another. Tell us about some more of it. 
then we show up and serve. And if you notice these new shirts today, that's what they say. And we want to tell you why, that this is not just a cool phrase that we're wearing. We would love for you to buy these, but it's not just because we want you to be out there wearing them. Proceeds do go to benefiting New Song Answers and the things we're talking about today. But we believe what we are wearing. And it comes from Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, I want to ask you a question. I would really like some crowd participation. Um, If Jesus, Jesus, God, perfect, perfect. If he came to not be served, but to serve, what what does that mean that we should be doing? We should be Serving. serving. Yes. Mark, Matthew 5, 14 says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And something that has always struck me that pastors Josh and Sarah have advocated from day one is what would this city look like if New Song, and, New Song Church just suddenly went away and was no longer here? And as great as it would be for us to love one another really well, it has to go beyond that because we want people outside of our walls to be affected by what we're doing. Where if suddenly we evaporated into thin air, that every single person who calls New Song home who should be walking like Jesus and representing Jesus, it would feel like that number of people just suddenly evaporated from our community and our community would notice and feel a difference. You see, when we sit up here today and we're telling you all New Song Church is doing this, that doesn't mean we're doing this or this building is doing this. That means we together are doing this because we are all New Song Church. Amen. So we want the city to feel feel it if we were to close our doors. We want them to see a difference. And we feel like we're going into a new chapter at New Song Church. That's a lot of the reason that New Song Answers has started is as we're going into this new chapter. And with that, we are starting some new things. So I want you to get excited with us. I want you to be in. And so we're going to practice a drum roll before we do anything. We're about to go into a series of telling you some things we're doing. So I know Pastor Josh already had you kind of practice. I need to hear it again because you see, I see a lot of yawns out there. I just need you to be in because this is exciting. So do a practice drum roll. Okay, that's good, but I think you can do better. Let's try it again. Okay. That is great. So one of the things we're going to do is we're going to have a church-wide outreach for the whole family. Say the whole family. The whole family. Okay, and we are going to serve. Say we're going to serve. We're going to serve. So we are going to be launching a once-a-month day called Serve Saturday. Say Serve Saturday. Serve Saturday. We are so pumped to be having Serve Saturday starting, which is... This is a monthly church-wide outreach that everyone from the smallest kids in the church can take part in one way or the other. If you're six years and older, you can show up on Serve Saturday, which is starting December 4th. That will be our first Serve Saturday, and it'll be from 9 to noon. People will come here. um, They will get their assignment to have registered in advance, and people will go out. And so imagine if you have a six-year-old child or older, they can be serving and learning what it is to be the hands and feet. But if you have a child like we do that is younger than six, they can still be a part. When they get dismissed from New Song Kids today, they're going to have a paper that tells them how to be a part of a donation drive. If you're watching online, you can go to newsongpeople.com forward slash serve Saturday and get that same list because we want to teach from the youngest of children that they have a part to play in what Jesus modeled for us in being a part of our community. So Serve Saturday is going to be a monthly day where we show up. And I'll tell you, serving is not convenient. It's not like I'm like, 
you know what I want to do? I want to get up at 6 a.m. on Saturday and just get our kids ready and go serve. No, but guess what? Jesus did not live a convenient life, and Jesus had every right to. He was God, and if he didn't live a convenient life, then we shouldn't either. We should think about who can we impact, and in that same vein, we're becoming a chapter for an organization called Safe Families, and something that, that, hap- that this organization shared that really struck me, which is why it's coming here, is this story of a woman who's a single parent, and she was pregnant and had to go into the hospital to give birth, and she had two other children, and they had to go into foster care just so she could go give birth. She had no one who could watch those children. And Safe Families is created to kind of be that gap between when foster care is necessary, and then there's times that families just have crisis or large moments and they need help. So we're going to have a required training that the organization requires for anybody to be able to serve, because it's a big deal to help with families and kids, and that's going to happen on December 5th, during the 9 a.m. service, um, and that's a couple weeks. We want you to register, we want you to show up, and you'll be able to learn how you can be a host family or help a host family or even just resource them. So we want you to be a part of that. We want to be a part of answering the call to serve in our city and to say there shouldn't be moms who are going into the hospital and having to place their kids in foster care where they're probably being separated just so she can have a baby. Imagine the power of people stepping up and saying, I want to love, I don't know you, but I want to love you like Jesus did and keep your kids and be able to serve your family. So that is why we're doing Serve Saturday and Save Families. Next, we go into all the world. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Now we have to look at this and realize it doesn't say if you go. It wasn't like, hey, if you go, you need to do this. It was as you go. This is an expectation he had of his disciples, and we are disciples of Jesus. This speaks to the Great Commission, which is in Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, so again, we talked about that therefore word, because of this, because of what Jesus has been given, the authority we have from Jesus, go and make disciples of all nations. Note, it doesn't say the nations that are convenient for you or close by. It says all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So here at New Song, we believe this great commission is for all of us. And we have a role to play in this, that our season may change. So it may look different. If someone is very pregnant, she probably can't physically go, but she still has a response. You still have a response, each and every one of us. And that's why our missions uh, program, our missions ministry is built on something that we call the New Song Network. And this is a network of organizations and ministries that we're connected with around the world because we're not going on feel-good trips to just go and pat ourselves on the back that we went somewhere that wasn't New Song and, you know, did something that seemed like a good plan. We're connected with different believers around the globe where we can pray for them. When you go out into the lobby, you're going to see all these different tables. And I encourage you, Take a tour through essentially what is New Song Answers. There's a paper out there on one table that tells you who's in our network and how to pray for them. Um, if you're watching online, you can go to newsongpeople.com for says answers and go through the different ministries. Learn about what answers is and where it is involved so you can be praying because that's part of what we want you to be doing. But as we talk to these partners, there's times where we hear needs where the appropriate response is to give. And a good example of that is I used to live in Haiti. I still have a lot of connections there. And we have a partner there called Mission 111. And Haiti is going through a lot right now. 
It made international news that the president was assassinated a few months ago, and um, it's become the kidnapping capital of the world. So that is not a place where it is an appropriate response for us to go, where we have no footing, we don't have a place to live, and we're coming in and trying to help. We cannot do much good physically on the ground unless that is what somebody is asking for. Instead, though, we can give funds to the people who are there and know how to be positioned and know how to be wise. And so our response, in some instances, to fulfill that commission will be to give. And we need some of you to do this. You can go to newsongpeople.com for slash give and select new song missions and give over and above and outside of your tithes and offerings to enable us to listen to our partners and hear needs and respond to those quickly. But there's going to be instances where it's not just giving, it's going. And we're going to tell you about our mission trips here in a minute. But Sometimes you're going to need to physically avail yourself and take the time off work. And it's not for a vacation. It's for a trip because your life is about more than vacations and about escaping your work week to go have a good time. God has called you to something. And that wait to wait kind of life means recognizing what have I been called to do? What is the work God has made me to do? And I will go when God calls me to do that. And then sometimes we're going to need to send. Sometimes you're going to look at someone that is in our church and say, I want to help them go. When I was 16, I went on my first mission trip, and I didn't have income. I had no, no money, and I knew I was supposed to go, though. And there were people in the church that would come up to me and say, I believe God spoke to me that I'm supposed to help you go. And that was how that person was answering the Great Commission. They weren't just throwing money. They were listening to the Lord and asking, how can I be a part of what is happening? So we give, we go, and we send. But where do we go? So let's talk about it. Big moment for new song here. Uh, next year, we're not going to be going on just one, not just two, not just three, but four mission trips next yeah. year. We have prayed about this. We've sought the Holy Spirit. We've looked at the open doors, and we have planned accordingly. And so we are very, very, very excited to do this. Tondra, I'm going to need you to be my main man like you always are, but I need you to be my main drum roll man. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Okay, so our first trip is going to be spring break, March 12th to 16th, and I need a really, 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 really big drum roll like you recognize how big of a moment this is. This is going to be a trip to New Orleans! Woo! Shrimp, baby! <laughs> So we're taking a trip to New Orleans to partner with a couple organizations, including the New Orleans Mission, and their, their organization is dedicated to the rescue, recovery, and re-engagement of people who are facing homelessness, addiction, even coming out of human trafficking, and they believe that by being motivated by their faith in Jesus Christ and putting that into action, they can walk alongside these people and help them see the unconditional love of Christ. So we're going to come alongside of them and help them where that organization has told us they have need and fulfill that mission on that mission trip in the spring. But we're not going to stop there. So in the summer, June 11th to 17th, we'll be taking our first international trip. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, again, I need a drum roll, and I need this one to be really big. We're going outside of America, guys. Come on. We will be taking an international trip to Mexico. 
And we're just so excited by the doors that the Lord has opened for us to partner with the Panasco Christian Fellowship. And the founders are actually members here at New Song and have been able, we've been able to talk to them, pray with them, and see that this is a door that Lord has opened for us to step in and take a team next June. So be praying for that organization. Again, they're one of our New Song Network partners. You can get a paper, you can go online and see that and remind you, pray for that. But then we're praying for the team because in the coming months, people are going to be getting ready for that. Um, as we release these dates, we're doing it so people can book time off or know I'm going to be taking that time. So be praying and asking what God would have for you to do. And then we're going to have two other trips next year, and we're calling these micro-mission trips. So these are not these are not outreach trips. It's not to the community. They're a few hours outside of the metro, but where we can go to and back in kind of a long day trip. So micro-mission trip. And in late August, we'll be going to Dallas, where we'll be serving a large refugee community there. And in the fall, we will be taking um, a men's team and a women's team to Oklahoma prisons that are just not within the immediate vicinity of Oklahoma City. Because something that really struck with this is that kind of local prisons have a lot of churches that want to be involved, but if you get two or three hours outside of the metro, some of these prisons haven't had anybody come and minister in months and in months, and COVID has really just made that worse. And we don't want to say, well, we're going to go where it's convenient. We want to say, we're going to go where there's need and where we know that we can minister the gospel and be that person who goes into all the world. So how do you join? Well, first you can come hear about the New Orleans mission trip. That's going to happen on December 12th here at the church during the 9 a.m. service. And we have a goal. We have a goal that that meeting would be so packed that we have to duplicate that meeting into the 11 a.m. service because we want you there. We want you hearing about it. And we want you to come being like, I'm going to hear the itinerary. I'm going to hear the cost. I'm asking what the Lord's going to have me do. You'll be able to sign up at that meeting. And you might find, you know what, this is not the trip that I can physically go on, but the person next to me is someone that I can send. So come ready to hear what the Lord has to tell you. So in doing all this, how do we actually position ourselves for this call? Okay, so instead of just doing things so that we check a box, we have a focus on why we're doing it. And so you will see all these things being represented in everything that we're doing, whether it is in outreach or in missions. And it's a focus that we have. And we're calling these heartbeats, the heartbeats of why we're having outreach and why we're having missions. And you will see them represented all the time. So the first heartbeat is actually the heartbeat of, my mind just went blank. Family, thank you very much, is the heartbeat of family, okay? And the reason why this is important is because the family unit is where God actually begins to bring out the moral fiber of a nation. What the, the number one thing that the enemy would want to attack is the family unit. Because if he can attack the family unit, then there is no strength in the generation that is coming up. There is something missing and something broken. And he puts the lonely in families and the reason he does that because everything is safeguarded in there the transference of blessing happens within a family from a father to a son mothers to daughters it all happens within the family unit so everything that we're going to do is going to champion the family it's going to champion the family unit that's the first one the second one is education okay and education is key now the bible says and jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And there is 
It, it has to happen in that order. You don't start off by just having favor with men. It has to start with the wisdom. And wisdom is key. And the reason why wisdom is key is because of what it's built upon. You don't have wisdom unless you have understanding. So without understanding, there is no wisdom. And understanding is built upon faith. So understanding is built upon faith. And faith is built upon information or word. Okay? So many times you hear people say, you didn't have enough faith. Or you didn't believe right. Or your faith was just not strong enough the bible says if you have faith as small as a mustard seed so we always assume or think that the problem is us not believing enough for a healing or believing enough for a breakthrough i put it to you that the issue is not necessarily that you lack faith but the information from which the faith is built upon so here you are trying to figure out a problem but you're pumping yourself with information you're trying to figure out how to feed your family but you're watching political stuff So now you're going to have faith in political stuff, but not faith in how to feed your family. So if you are needing faith for a thing, you need to gather the right word concerning that thing to build up your faith. So that's why we want to get into education so that people are learning according to the truth of what God says so that their faith is built up correctly. So when that faith is built up, then upon that you have understanding and then understanding gives birth to wisdom. And stature, favor with God and men. So that's why we're getting into education. And then the third one is restoration. If there's anything that Jesus came to do on this earth, it was to what? Restore. Restore you and I back to the Father. If we are not in the business of restoration, we are not about our Father's business. If you're not in the business of restoration... You're not in the business of God. Because that's what he does, is restore. So we're going to be in the business of restoration. Jeremiah 30 and 17, but I will restore you. I will restore to you health, heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion from whom no one cares. So God is in the business of restoration. Man, far be it from us that we were yet dead in our transgression. And Jesus made us alive in him. That now we have tasted his goodness and his awesomeness. Far be it from us to keep it to ourselves. But we're going to go out and we're going to restore. And the reason we do this is because there's a blessing attached to it. There's a blessing attached to it. The Bible says in Proverbs 11.25, Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And one who waters will himself be watered. Have you ever done something good for somebody? How did it make you feel? Only Pastor Josh has done something good for somebody because he's the only one responding. But I concur, brother. I felt good too. You know, we have an issue of depression in in our country. And I want to challenge you. If you're struggling with depression, do good for somebody. See what happens. See what happens. See if the Bible is true. That if I go and enrich somebody else, will I really be enriched? Because I have found it to be true. Let God be true and every man a lie. But there is a blessing that is attached to it. So here's the crux of it all. Why New Song Answers exist. So what we're trying to say. New Song Answers 
exists as a conduit through which Christ's love is ministered. So that's why we have New Song Answers. New Song Answers exists to be a conduit through which Christ's love is ministered. You are the believer. I am the believer. What we have done is just create a system. Let us walk therein. And when we walk in it, we will minister Christ's love. But it's going to take a maturity on our part. Because after I said this, you know what's going to happen? Life is going to come at you fast. Life's going to come at you fast. And he's going to force you to make a decision. And the decision is, will you be mature enough to step into your call? Or will you recede because life is coming at you fast? So talk us through on maturity. There's two words that we really don't understand. And the first one is saint, and the second one is ministry. And why do I, how do I know that we don't understand these? Well, well, let's listen to how we talk about them. We either look at someone like Pastor Josh and Sarah and see what they're doing with their lives, and we say, well, they're, but they're called to ministry. I mean, they're called to ministry. You know, all those people who are doing great things in the world, they're called. Or we're very proud, and we're like, I'm called to ministry. You know, I'm just kind of special kind of different than everybody else, just kind of higher than everybody else. I'm, I'm called. I'm called to ministry. Or we talk about people like Mother Teresa, and we say, well, she was a saint. That's why she could serve the way she did. I mean, she was, you know, Mother Teresa. She's just a saint. But if you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, and you are in the family of Christ, then you are a saint, and you are called to ministry. Because ministry is not a complex term. All it means is service. And we are all called to ministry because we are all called to service. Now let's go back to Ephesians from earlier. It's really important to note, this was not a letter that was written to correct an issue. The other letters that we have that were inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, a lot of them were written to correct an ongoing issue. But Ephesians was different. Ephesians is called by Bible scholars the crown of Paul's letters because it was written to speak to what mature living as a believer should look like. So remember that word, therefore, that starts chapter 4? Well, what it was built on is chapters 1 through 3, or foundational sound doctrine. And chapters four through six are what the overflow of a life built on that sound doctrine should look like. So let's go back to Ephesians 4 verse 1. We're going to read it in a different translation. So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. Now, I think it's interesting if we read down, down a little bit to Ephesians 4 verses 11 and 12, it goes on to say, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints, were the saints, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, which is the work of service, for building up the body of Christ. So those roles that we look at and we see as ministry roles are roles that are meant to be equipping to the saints for the work of ministry. We're all called to ministry. There's just some people that have a different role. And we have a tendency sometimes to look at these roles and have an opinion about them. False maturity says that, okay, I start serving, I start going out and serving, and I start seeing, man, I'm, I'm, I'm serving the homeless, I start getting proud of what I'm doing. I start seeing what I'm doing, the good works are making me feel real good, and then I start looking at the people in the church, 
especially people like pastors. And I think, well, they're just in the, in the church. And they're getting paid. Why are they getting paid? I'm doing things that are great. The church is full of phonies. I'm going to go away from the church because I don't really like the church, but I love Jesus. So I'm going to just keep serving and doing my good works. And what that is is a life that's built on humanitarianism. That is false maturity that is not built on sound doctrine. Because what we see is that God instituted pastors and teachers and these other roles to equip us, to help us walk in that sound doctrine so we can work out those, uh, those acts of service that life of ministry that God has called us to. You see, the word saint is commonly translated as holy, and it means to be set apart by or for God, literally meaning different from the world because we are like God. So if this speaks to our redemption and we're redeemed by him, then who are we to say how the structure of the church should work? Jesus is the head of the church, and so what we are doing is meant to be based in a healthy place where we're loving one another, we're feeding from home, and then we're going out, and our overflow of that life is saying, I recognize that I have that weight-to-weight living that is required of me because I realize the depth of what I have been saved to. An example of this is, I showed you the picture of our kids earlier. And what does it mean to be a basopo moyo? What does it mean to conduct yourself as a basopo moyo? Well, there is an expectation, but for my nine-month-old baby, I recognize he's a baby. I don't really expect him to have that maturity. Just like with a new believer, I don't expect them to necessarily have a lot of maturity. If my son is not picking up after himself and he's not cleaning up, well, of course he's not. He's a baby. But my three-and-a-half-year-old, I expect her to conduct herself with more maturity because she is no longer an infant. I expect her to help clean up. I expect her to help uh, put away clothes. But even then, she's young enough that every once in a while, she starts grabbing my son by the legs and just dragging around into her princess tent. And we'll say, no, you can't do that. But she's a toddler. So we expect a level of immaturity. But if my 13-year-old nephew, who we essentially act expect to act as a basopo moyo, if he were to come and do the same thing, dragging my nine-month-old around by the legs, we would say, Micah, what are you doing? You're so smart and intelligent. We don't expect this behavior from you. You're too old to act this way. Now, New Song has been around for a while. There's a lot of mature believers in here. We expect you to conduct yourself as members of God's family, and you're no longer infants. If we're called sons and daughters of God, we should reflect that. You know how someone can say, oh, that person looks so much like their dad. Could someone say that about us, that we look so much like our dad or that we're living like Jesus did? Our conduct should exemplify the gravity of what we've been saved from and saved to, and our walk should be in line or be that weight-to-weight picture with what God has done for us. Today, we're not trying to call you out. If we call you out, what's going to happen is you're going to show up for a little bit because of peer pressure, and you're going to stop because there's no belief or no weight behind it. We want to call you up to a place of maturity, saying it's time that you conduct yourself as someone who is older and more mature because you have been infantile long enough. It is time to grow up. Grow up and show up. So being a disciple or one who follows God means walking like Jesus did. But there's a second kind of false maturity. And that is leaning on yesterday's good works, where we say, oh, you know, I used to go on mission trips. I mean, I've been on so many mission trips. You guys haven't? I mean, you guys just need to go. Um, I just want to make sure that there's spots available for you to go. You know, I'm just going to stay here. Or, oh, Serve Saturday's happening. That's great. All you guys should go there with your kids. I'm going to make sure there's space. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray for it. But, you know, I used to do things like that all the time. 
I used to do things like that all the time. That's false maturity because what you're doing is you're leaning on what you used to do. But scripture's clear that we forget what's behind and we press on towards what's ahead. That there's a glory to glory expectation that there's something constantly new that God wants to do. And he wants to equip yourself to do something when you avail yourself, make yourself available. And I want to be explicit if you haven't gotten it. We want you to be here for Serve Saturday and we want you to be here at these mission trip meetings because what is happening that New Song is doing is not us, it's all of us. And you have to physically avail yourself to be there for this to happen. New Song Church looks like Jesus and does what Jesus would have done if he was here because we are his ambassadors. Scripture tells us that. This is the lifestyle that we are called to as disciples. But what's the point? Some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, what can we really do? What can one person do? What can even one church do? Even the Bible says the poor will always be with us. Well, I want to take you to a story that I experienced um, firsthand back in 2010. I was in China, and um, China's a very different country than here. And I had gone to serve at a special needs orphanage. And China kind of puts all of the not pretty places on the outskirts of the city. So I was at a special needs orphanage that was across the street from a large um, uh, nursing home and right next door to a prison. So every day we could hear the prisoners talking and we could hear their workouts. Um, And that was kind of where we were, just kind of like in no man's land, off by ourselves, kind of the ugly things that nobody wants to pretend exist. Um, And this was a foreign-run orphanage, but we had the honor, which which wasn't handed out to everyone, to be able to walk through a Chinese-run orphanage. And when we went there, we weren't allowed to take cameras, we weren't allowed to take uh, phones, but we were allowed to walk through and see it. And I was with a group of about 19 other people, and everyone had an experience that caught their eye. Because I will tell you, when you go and do these things, even though you share experiences, God will point things out to you that are for you to do that is not for anyone else. You will have a unique and different and specific experience that is the reason that you are there, and that's the way that you specifically, uniquely can represent Jesus where you are. So as we were walking through, there was a little boy, and he was about three or four years old, and he was on a little box, a little wooden crate that was maybe this big, and the middle was hollowed out, and it was acting as a toilet. So he was sitting on this little box, and something that would happen is these orphanages would be full. The staff was not really uh, culturally changed, uh, uh, trained how to handle children. Um, they just were also very overcrowded. And so if an infant would get sick, or this infant was very sick, they would put the infant in another room to kind of get away from the crying until the baby just died. And so this child was older, but was in the corner on this box because they didn't want to have to deal with the mess, or maybe they didn't have the time to deal with the mess of this child getting sick over and over and over again. So as I walked into this room, this little boy's eyes caught mine, and he looked like death. I mean, he wasn't smiling. He looked terrible. I would be very surprised if he lived for much longer. But his eyes caught mine, and I felt like pulled to come over to him. I felt like his eyes were just drinking in the human eye contact from another human being. And I went over to him, and I felt like I just needed to smile at him. So I smiled at him, and I talked to him, and we couldn't understand each other. He didn't speak. He was too weak, too, but he didn't understand my language. And I felt like that was my purpose in that orphanage, was just to smile at that little boy so that he could see that someone cared that he was there, and someone cared that he existed. We live in a broken world and there's wickedness. Because of that, there's always going to be heartache. 
but we aren't called to be saviors. We're called to be servers. And there's places where Jesus still wants us to be able to show up and show someone that they are cared for. Does it make what they're experiencing go away? But we can still be there and be the smile even of Jesus. We want to walk like our dad. Be the smile of our dad. Be the hands and the feet of our dad. Being a disciple means walking like Jesus did, discipling ourselves to be that way, to show up and serve, to go into all the world, to love one another, love one another not because it's convenient, because it not, isn't, it's uncomfortable. There's nothing convenient about it, but because it's who we are meant to be and what we are called to. And so saints, we have a response to this. You know, I began by talking about Genesis and how God gave Adam work before he gave him a bride. And the word that is used of, of Eve there is help meet. And the help meet is there to help the work that was given to Adam. And sometimes the brokenness within our families is not so much an argument of money. It's not so much we just don't get along anymore. Sometimes because there's a lack of understanding that work. So because there's no work, the helpmeet comes along and the helpmeet has no work to help with. And there's no vision. And then the casting off of the restraints. The Bible calls us the bride of Christ. Which means Christ has work. And we as his bride are the help meet. And so we are positioned to help Christ with his work. What are you doing? Because when you don't do anything, you are denying who you are. When you don't have a place to allow your work to manifest, you are denying who you are. I don't want you to be hung up on the what when we've already been told what to do. I don't want you to be hung up on this grandiose thing of what is my purpose? What is this and what is that? When there is already an instruction on what to do. We don't pray to ask God, should we feed the poor? He has already answered that. See, Proverbs 29:18 says, where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. Okay, that, that, that term cast of restraint means you just end up just doing anything, going everywhere, helter-skelter. Because there's no vision. Because vision gives you boundary and focus. Now, if you get hung up on that, you then say, well, I'm waiting for my vision. You're sitting at home, not doing anything because you're waiting for your vision. I'm not going to serve because I'm trying to wait for God to give me an instruction on where to serve. I'm waiting for the vision. But you forget the second part of that verse says, he who keeps the law, blessed is he. So while you're waiting for your vision, keep the law. What is the law? Love one another. Show up and serve. Go into all the world. While you're waiting for your big vision. I love, I love my pastors. And, 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 and I say that because the word that they give. Did you hear Pastor Josh say, hey, 
If you're not going to be planted here, be planted somewhere else. Because we are not just in the business of saying we want numbers in the church. No, be planted because that is the biblical principle. So whether it's not happening here, let it happen somewhere else. In the same vein, if you're not going to serve here, serve somewhere else. So that you express who you are. You are the only you. There is no other one like you, which means there's an expression of God hidden in you. And the earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is waiting and moaning for you to be revealed. For you to be revealed. Don't let depression take you down. Don't let the situations of this world bring you down. It's time to stand up and let your countenance shine. So this is what I want us to do. In Isaiah, there's Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And then he says to himself, Woe unto me, because I'm a man of unclean lips, because I dwell amongst the people of unclean lips. That was his excuse. Then the Bible says, He sent an angel to him, and he touched his lips, and he said, Your lips have been made clean. And then we pick it up, Isaiah chapter 6 and 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall we send? And then Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. I don't know what your excuse is, but if you need to hear it, here it is. God has touched you. You are not righteous because of your works. You're righteous because of what Jesus Christ did. So there is no excuse for you to be who you are, for you to manifest who you're called to be. There's no excuse. You have been touched by the power of the living God. So if you're going to say, I'm accepting this call. I'm accepting that there's something that God has put in me to manifest. I want you to stand with me. If you're not accepting it, you can stay sitting down because I'm going to give a charge. Paul gives a charge to Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. I'm going to give you a charge to serve. So if you're not going to serve, then you want to you want to stay sitting. But if you're saying, yes, I'm going to get up and I know that there is a call on my life. I might not be able to articulate it. I might not be able to say exactly what it is, but I know that I have a call. Then I want you to be on your feet with me. Lift up your hands to God. Open your heart and your mind to believe. Father, as we stand here. We accept that there is a work in us that you have called us to do. And so this charge is released to every man and woman that is standing up to do the work that is in their hearts to do for the glorification of the Son of God. To do the work that they're supposed to do, not for men, not for praise, not for position, but for the glorification of Jesus Christ and his love. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch the minds and hearts of everyone here to give them the direction of their next steps. I honor you and lift you up. The altar ministry team could just make their way to the front. If you're here and you know that you've had a call, you know it, you've struggled with it. God has set you apart to do something but the weight of this world has held you back. I want you to come to the front and have the altar ministers pray with you. If you know that I need to, I need to be doing something and I'm not. Because my schedule's out of whack. Then I want you to come to the front and let's pray for God to give you breakthrough. 
so that things can line up and you can walk into who you are. If you're here and you say, I know that I've been meant to do this. Over the years, I've always thought, man, I need to do this. I need to start this. I need to start this business. So I need to start this work. And you're always thinking about it, but you've never had an opportunity. I want you to come to the front. And the reason I'm begging you to come to the front, because we need you to discover what gift and what work is inside of you. Pray with me. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.